Hi mamas. Or mamas to be, I'm Kayla. And I'm Tara. And welcome, welcome to Motherhood, Motherhood Leaked. Leaked. We're two first-time mums leaking unfiltered tales of motherhood. Being there, getting there, and possibly getting lost along the way. Let's, Let's chat. chat. May contains wearing. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Motherhood Leaked. Hi Kayla. Hi Tara. How you going? I'm good. I'm so excited to be doing another episode. I feel fresh. It's early in the morning. It is early. The birds are chirping. Yes, which I feel like for me, mornings are my go time. Like I'm awake. The day hasn't even really started. Yep. I've got energy. I can think clearly. What a perfect time to do an episode. That's it. I must admit, they're my go time, especially because Bose dropped a daycare early today. Winning. <laughs> I'm more, uh, I must admit, sometimes if I have Bose with me, I'm not as, you know, mm. for some reason, I'm a bit foggier. But when I've dropped him off, I'm like, I can get so much done. It's yeah, amazing. you're free. You're independent. Absolutely. <laughs> and we had no more, no tears at daycare again this morning. Oh, that's such a win. We are winning. It's been like two weeks in a row. I feel like it's because we've been going, we haven't, because, you know, I kept pulling him out to go to Melbourne and go on all these holidays mm. and do things and then he got sick. So there just wasn't the consistency there. And I feel like this has been the longest period of time that we've kind of been going, you know, every week, go twice a week. And he's just finally like he's or he just turns around and says, Mummy, pick me up, you know, later. I'm like, yep, I'll pick you up later. And then he just goes. And it's that's awesome. great. So he's really got into that like transition oh and he knows the routine. Yeah. That's awesome. And look, I'm sure we will have bad days oh, as we sure. all do. But he's um, and because like on the days where we don't have kinder, he's like, no kinder today when we hop in the car. Yeah. And I'm like, no kinder today, but we've got it tomorrow. It's just nice at the age that they're at now, like getting closer to two where they just understand more and you can actually verbalize the situation to them. And yeah, yeah that's nice. I feel like on the flip to that with separation, um, we're kind of in the opposite place with Elliot. Like Elliot doesn't go to daycare, but he um, has days with my husband or with his grandma. Yep. And he's fine when he's with my husband, but he's having lots of separation anxiety if it's not me or my husband. Yeah. And I definitely, and it's probably been going on for like a month now. So Elliot's what, 21 months. So I know that like, it's still normal. Um, yeah. And it is actually a good sign when they have some level of separation anxiety. Um, but it's definitely oh, it's such a trigger for your mum guilt, isn't it, when they get upset? Oh, absolutely. And I think oh um, I definitely went down a bit of a rabbit hole of like getting up in my head about it and like being really concerned when he was upset. And then obviously he's feeding off my anxiety. Yeah. Um, so then I had to kind of like regroup and refresh and remind myself that it's normal and to have that like, you know, that really confident um persona when I was leaving him like so yeah. I started just you know doing like not a it was short sweet like a mummy's yes, going explaining absolutely. what I'm doing which I've always done but I was doing it I definitely went from a through a place of like doing it from a level of anxiety of anticipating his tears basically yeah. um so then I yeah now I just give him a kiss goodbye yep. say really confidently even if he gets upset I say mummy always comes back and yes. then when I come back I'm like see mummy always comes back and he is getting better but we're definitely going through a rough patch with that and it, it and has it's funny because you know it's like they say their, their stages change yeah. so quickly mm-hmm. like Bo oh, can I just say I don't know if I mentioned it last week his word this week like he's been saying no a lot in the yep. last two weeks been really defiant yeah um and he's been saying I don't like it I don't oh, like Elliot's it. Elliot's just started doing that as well. Where did they get it from? Well, Elliot can't say the first part. He just says, like it. Oh so he'll God. go, like it. And you got to look at his face to know whether he means he does or he doesn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> oh, my God. It is killing me. Oh, really? Like, and he look, he doesn't use it all the time in context. Yeah. Sometimes he will. Like, he'll say when Brendan's, like, having a wrestle with him or the tickling and he gets to the point where it's annoying him, he'll go, no, Daddy, don't like That's it. That's great. Which is awesome because but... you want to teach them boundaries. Mm-hmm. But then, like, he gets up in the morning, we're having porridge. No, I don't like it. 
but he likes porridge. Two minutes yeah, later, he's eating it. I know. And I just, I'm trying to navigate how to react to it because I don't want to turn it into a thing. A thing. We went to swimming on Monday. Oh, the week before, he was like Ian Thorpe. He was amazing. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, you're the best swimmer in the world. This week, oh, I was not like, mate, it. if you jump in that water one more time, he was just, I like it. I'm not, mummy, go over there. Mummy, go yeah. over there. I feel <sighs> like um, I'm the same. I've been really conscious of how I react because especially because he says it a lot of the time with food yes it'll be like yeah like he'll go like it and pull a face it means he doesn't like it yeah and I've just been like you a bit concerned I'm like I don't want this to become a thing yeah so I just kind of go that's okay and just roll with it in the moment and just yeah. kind of remember that like they are toddlers and they sometimes yes. just want control because they feel a bit out of control or they're just going to have off days with swimming or food and yep. just kind of let go of the control myself. Yeah. And, and look, like, I'll still give it okay. like, you'll go, I don't like it. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm just going to leave it here. So if yeah. you do decide to change perfect. mind, that's all we can do, can which is it. challenging as it a parent. Is. When it we is. are like, we just want to get out the door, eat your bloody breakfast. So yeah, exactly. Mate. <laughs> you don't know what you like, mate. You're two years old. <laughs> exactly. But yes, yeah, so I think we have to come back to remembering that. They are the toddlers. They are. Who Um, And they just want control sometimes. <laughs> Definitely. That's Which we okay. can understand both being control freaks, let's be honest. Exactly. <laughs> Which leads into what we're going to talk about today in some ways. Um, okay. So... Today, I'm excited because we're going to be talking about PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which I was diagnosed with um, in 2018. Mm -hmm. And why I say about control is because I went, it really triggered a control pattern in me trying to heal it. Yeah. But um, I'm looking forward to talking with you about it today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to learning more about it. Yeah. And hopefully, um, yeah, sharing some insights so that if anyone else is going through it, yeah. newly diagnosed or has been struggling with it for years or doesn't even know what it is and it might help them in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and even trying, to... obviously, because you did a lot of stuff to try and conceive with it, like, because obviously, does it make it harder? Is that um, one of the... Um... Well, I guess this is what we can get into. Yeah. Um, but... You tell me where you want to start. Well, maybe we just start from the start. Let's go back. Let's go. Let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning. To the beginning to, not to the beginning of time, but to the beginning <laughs> of the diagnosis. So basically, um, I was on the pill since I was 18. Yep. Um, before I was on the pill, I got my period when I was 14 ish. Yep. Um, I never tracked it. So whether it was regular or not, I can't remember. I Same. just was like, Oh, I think it was my period's here. Was, was yeah. like, <laughs> um, my, I used to get quite bad period pain, but I was like definitely, um, brought up in that like kind of suck it up nature. So I took Panadol, Neurofen, went that. to school. Yep. I think a lot of girls in our generation and the generations before us, that's yeah. how it's been. Um, and then when I was about... 25 so I'm 32 now so this was like in about 2015 um there was something in me that was like you need to go off the pill yeah and I went off for like two months maybe three months and I remember just feeling like an absolute basket case like my emotions were so heightened I felt crazy to be honest coming off the pill really so I went back on but then when I was 28 in 2018 there was like friends around me were trying to conceive um a close friend of mine who was a few years older she had, was having troubles conceiving. Um, she had PCOS and endometriosis. And it was like yeah. triggering this little part of me that was questioning the impact of being on the pill mm. on my body. Um, I was bring. I had brought it up with doctors, like at my general doctor's appointments each year, like if it was a problem being on the pill for a long time, if it was going to impact my fertility, impact my period in yeah. general, fertility, I guess. And they'd always told me, no, 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 it's fine. <clears throat> um I feel like that, can I just say too, that time, especially like we were growing up, the narrative was like, as soon as you get your period, get on the pill. Like that was Definitely. such a narrative. Like they pushed it and pushed it. Yeah. And you have a fear of falling pregnant. Like Absolutely, I was literally yeah. on the pill 
purely out of a fear of falling pregnant. I'm not going to lie. I used to enjoy it to skip my periods. I'm not going to lie. That was good. And I, because I went on Rakutane because I had really bad skin when I was, and you like legally you have to go on the pill to go on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I was on it same, like same as mm-hmm. you since I was 15 or something. And mm-hmm. then you, like when you get older, you start to think, well, if I can do this, if I can stop my body from doing something. Yeah. Why would I have my period? Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's such I a strange. Yeah. So I'm, <coughs> it's Sorry, funny that um, time. Yeah, I definitely skipped my period when I was on the pill. And yeah. again, didn't, you know, your doctor says, oh, make sure you have a minimum of three periods a year or something. Yeah, that's right. you know? yeah I'm going on holidays. Let's just not have periods. Not this bring month. the period oh along. God. Yeah. So um, I, yeah, basically just was questioning it. Um, just had this kind of little voice in me, this deeper knowing that it wasn't good for my body. Yeah. And definitely was a bit worried about, I wasn't ready to have kids at 28, but um, just was thinking forward. Anyway, so decided to come off the pill. And I didn't get a period for like four or five months. And then when I did, it was like, it was coming every, it was between 48 and like 65 days with the length of the cycles. Yeah. And in between all that, I was just, I just felt, I was so emotional. I was irritable and then I was teary. And then I just felt like it wasn't me. I was just all over the place. And I was going to the doctors trying to get answers. And I'll never forget. I had this one doctor, um, and I went to him and I said, oh, like, I think there's, can you, can I have a blood test? I think there's something wrong because I'm not getting a regular period and I just don't feel right. Like I feel really off. He was like, oh, when, is, you know, when does, when does your period come? Like how long is your cycle? And I told him like it was 40, 40 something days to 60 something days. He's like, is that every cycle it's like that? I was like, well, yeah, it's only been a couple of times since I came off the pill. And he's like, well, that's regular for you. What? I literally wanted to punch oh heads. Like I was God. like, because I was so irritable anyway. Yeah. I was like, how can someone. Was he like a hundred year old man? Can I just ask? No, he actually wasn't. He was like a middle-aged <laughs> doctor. Um, <laughs> no, he actually wasn't. And I just remember again, sitting there, there was this part of me and thank goodness that was just like, this isn't right. Like this that isn't right. That is so right. good that you and listen to your body, but to yourself as well. Yeah. It was honestly like the first part of me learning to listen to my body was to just that that little voice saying no this isn't right yeah and get answers like keep keep looking and I know from my experience now and the journey that I've been on and I've been working with women with PCOS for four five years now four years um I know that that's a lot of women with PCOS and a lot of women with hormonal imbalances will just keep seeking answers and it gets really tiring. Yeah but thankfully I did um find a doctor who did some proper investigating and I got my hormones tested and with PCOS um, there's basically three criteria that you need to meet to be diagnosed with PCOS. The first one is polycystic ovaries. So it's having multiple cysts on your ovaries. Now it's not cysts as in like the bulgy cysts that you can get. The cysts are actually your follicles. So when you develop an egg, uh, a follicle each month that ovulates and you get the egg. Yeah. I have a scratchy throat. Sorry. That's why I keep pausing. (laughs) Um, yeah, the follicles will develop and with someone and there'll be a dominant follicle and that releases the egg when you ovulate. With polycystic ovaries, you have multiple follicles being more than the average is like 15. If you have <clears throat> PCOS, you have more than 15. So I think at the time I had like 35 follicles on one side and like 40 on the other. Like oh, wow. it was a lot and yeah. none of them were becoming dominant and I wasn't ovulating. Um, or if I was, I was having delayed ovulation, yeah. which is a, a part of it as well. So yeah. that's the second criteria is anovulatory. So not ovulating in your cycle because you can actually still have a period um, and not ovulate in that cycle. You just have a breakthrough through bleed, which is basically where your lining develops that much and then it just sheds, but you yeah. haven't actually ovulated, which triggers the period. Um, 
or you can have delayed ovulation. So longer cycles where you ovulate later in the cycle. So a typical cycle is anywhere from roughly 27, 28 days up to around 32 days. That's a typical length of a normal cycle. Yeah. And ovulation generally occurs in the middle of that. So it might not always be on day 14, like we're told growing up, you know, you yeah. ovulate on day 14 exactly. and your cycle is bang on 28 days. No, that's not the case for everyone. Yeah. Um, especially for someone with polycystic ovaries, it might happen. It could happen on day 20 and then yeah. you ovulate on, oh, sorry, you ovulate on day 20 and you get your period a week and a half later or two weeks later. Or it can be that you have like, you know, a 90 day cycle and you actually ovulate way in the back end of that cycle. Like anyway. So that's the second criteria. And the third criteria is um, raised androgens or like Hirsch Chisholm. So that's basically like higher male, uh, like higher testosterone and um, the Hirsch Chisholm symptoms are like excess hair growth. Um, Yeah. And your hair can fall out, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you have to meet two of the three criteria to be diagnosed with PCOS. Oh, really? So I'm at the first two. Yeah. Can I ask how you go about diagnosing them? Like what you have to do? Yeah. To find so you out? go to your doctor. <clears throat> you just describe your symptoms, basically. Yeah. Um. You get sent for an ultrasound to check your um ovaries for those follicles or yep. cysts in inverted commas. Yeah. <clears throat> and um. Then that's ticking off the first one essentially, like looking at the follicles. You can have polycystic ovaries and not have the syndrome. Okay. Um. Again, it's just to do with a hormonal imbalance. Yeah. Um just basically what happens is like lots of follicles trying to develop but none are becoming dominant um so that's the first part is you get uh you get an ultrasound you get a blood test done to check your hormone levels as well to see if those androgens are higher um and also if you're ovulating through um it's tested through the ultrasound but then with your blood work as well at certain days on your cycle yeah um so that's basically how you diagnose. So I went and saw this doctor, got diagnosed. I remember walking out of the appointment when she told me and I was with my husband and I just remember like the initial feeling was actually not fear of like, oh my God, I have this syndrome. It was actually like, oh my God, I have an answer. Relief, exactly. Thank God, like I'm not going crazy. Like yeah. these symptoms I'm experiencing, it's not just in my head. Exactly. That's and, how, and that's the hard thing for women. It's like I mentioned oh, to you, we like definitely. with my, you know, because I've got mild endometriosis mm-hmm. and when you find out that like it's yep. really i cried out of relief of just like well i'm not crazy and yep. you know i all this pain we went through when we were younger there was a reason for exactly. it exactly and i was saying to kayla i did a little bit of research earlier just to see the statistics because i'm like very interested to know and up to 70 percent of women with it remain undiagnosed so that's that's huge and i mean yep. i think it's between eight and 21 percent of people reproductive age women have it Exactly. It's super common. And actually, when I was diagnosed, the doctor said that that to me. She's like, oh, don't worry. This is really common. I did not know other than one person in my life that had. Yeah. Like of all the women I knew, no one had spoken about this. It never had been brought into my awareness at all. So I was like, how can something so common not be talked about and be like, why is no one talking about this? No. And even with everything I went through, no one Mm. ever mentioned that to me. Like that could have, you know, with all the symptoms that I was having, it easily could have been something I had Mm -hmm. and no one had mentioned it to me. So it was like, until I met you, I hardly know anything about it yeah and i just i remember thinking that like yeah how can women like myself even like you go through this and you're being told that everything's fine and then thankfully at the time look having children wasn't on the cards but from my own experience in working with women with pcos a lot of my clients have come to me thinking their bodies are failing them because they're trying to conceive and they have PCOS and they're thinking it's the PCOS, but actually the most beautiful part of PCOS, when you get the answer and it's not necessarily something you realize when you first get diagnosed, I definitely didn't. I had that sense of relief, but then I went into overwhelm of like, what do I do about this? Yeah, PCOS is a gift and a blessing in the way that it is something that can be healed in your body. It's a hormonal imbalance condition that is triggered by the way we live our lives, like on a... Um, 
mental level, on a dietary level, lifestyle, yeah. just it's all triggered by how we live our life, oh, wow. um, which is amazing Yeah, in the way that we can adjust ourselves. <clears throat> and it's a beautiful chance to go inward and heal ourselves. Um, <clears throat> but from the modern medicine point of view, that's not what they sit there and tell you. Yeah, I was told, okay, your options are to go back on the pill or to have a marina put in. Oh, really? And I, again, that voice inside me was like, hell no. Like yeah. I've just come, this This is partly the cause because one of the root causes of PCOS is being on hormonal birth control because of the way that it does switch off the natural production of hormones in your body because that's yeah. what the pill does. Um, it disconnects the the brain and the ovaries and the the estrogen and progesterone that's being produced because you're not you're not ovulating when you're on the pill yeah um so then your body has to work to rebalance and so that's that's their answer though for the symptoms and the way to treat it is to put you back on hormonal birth control and also a really common um medication prescribed is um a diabetic i've forgotten the name but a diabetic um medication yeah i can't think of it sorry off the top of my head we'll put put it in the show notes but basically what it is is to help regulate your insulin and blood sugar levels because again one of the contributing factors to having imbalanced hormones on a physiological level um, with PCOS is insulin resistance um, and blood sugar imbalances because of the way that that triggers um, testosterone to be produced in the ovaries which throws out the balance of estrogen and progesterone so basically in our body the, the key hormones estrogen testosterone estrogen and progesterone and we do have a bit of testosterone they kind of work in harmony with each other they have to be in this nice like synchronized think of like a um like an orchestra and the way it plays music and how everyone feeds off each other it's got to be in this beautiful balance for it all to flow really well and if one is out it will throw the rest out yeah um so basically that's what the doctors will generally say is um firstly some form of hormonal birth control yeah secondly metformin is the name of it it's called metformin to help with your blood sugar levels and then they will nicely say to you make sure you exercise and eat right and i remember for me at the time i was doing triathlon so i was training nine times a week um i was eating very rigidly and strictly like so clean like would rarely eat a drop of sugar yeah and i just remember sitting there being like how can i do this any health yeah how can i be more healthy like how can i be how can my diet and exercise be wrong? I can't do anymore. I'm physically exhausted. Yeah. Um, so I know for me, like I went through this spiral of just feeling so overwhelmed of like, what can I do about this? Like, what are my options? And being really confused and conflicted about not wanting to go back on the pill, but also not wanting to feel like I was feeling like, yeah. Are what hormones- are like the most, I know we, we mm-hmm. briefly covered it, but like the most common symptoms of it. So like yep. what's, so in terms of your menstrual cycle, yeah. the most common symptoms are not having a period or having a delayed um, like ovulation with a longer cycle. So yeah. long and irregular. So you might have a 30-day cycle, but then your next cycle might be 65 days okay. or it might be 90 and then yeah. it might flip back. So really irregular cycles. Yeah. Um, that's from a period point of view. Um, from mood, it's like can just be very irritable, anxious, depressed, teary. Yeah. Just really emotionally feeling unstable in your emotions. Okay, yeah. Um, and is it then there's no so PCOS itself isn't actually associated with any pain. If there mm. is pain, it's more likely to do with inflammation and endometriosis. Okay. So yeah, no PCOS. If you're having pain, make sure you talk to the, your doctor or your holistic, yep, whoever you go and see. Yeah, practitioner, whether it's a naturopath, which I'll get into. But 
Um, if it's painful, it's more likely to be endometriosis or something along the lines of that or adenomyosis. Okay. Um, yep. I had, I was suspected to have endometriosis as well. I never got the laparoscopy to check because I yep. just was like, I want to see what I can do about this first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in terms of symptoms, um, mood is very irregular, unstable, just feeling not yourself. Yep. Um, then there's things to do with like your weight. So you might be someone who is actually eating like quite well or not even eating very much but you're constantly gaining weight yeah um weight gain and then there's the side of it to do with um like growing excess hair so it's really you might even see if you google pcos like a really extreme version of the hirschism is like having really thick black hairs like on along the chin line and on the upper lip yeah it's really common um they're just some really like common symptoms that yeah. they're most common that i can think of off the top of my head yeah as a sleep Probably can't blame mom. my beard on it <laughs> <laughs> you never know though but that's the thing like with yeah it true. could be like yeah. with women it's actually to do with raised um androgens which uh, and like with which is to do with testosterone essentially and a few yeah. others but yeah it actually can you might not even have pcos but you could just have this slight hormonal imbalance that actually can cause that that's really interesting um hair loss is another common yeah. symptom. Um, I do actually have an ebook that covers all of this um, on the PCOS Bible website. We'll, we'll a little plug, we'll but I'll put it in there. And we'll put yeah, it in there's the lots of there, yeah. and there, there is lots of actual information online. But what I found was it was really overwhelming, so I kind of yeah. condensed it into this one. And that's place. the great thing too about chatting, especially today, is that you've you've been through it and you've been through so many different stages of it as well. Yeah. Like, you know, and you know, conceiving with PCOS, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So, so once you were diagnosed, that's where sorry where we were at. Before. Yeah. That's yeah. So basically, I finished up with the doctor, feeling really overwhelmed and unsure. My friend um, who was trying to conceive, who had PCOS, that one person um, had said to me, "I see a naturopath. You should go and see her." I'd never seen a naturopath before, but I've yep. always been really like at the time was very and still am that more surprises so. me that you hadn't seen a naturopath before though. no at that point no i was always very open to it but yeah, just never really I mean, needed like, to yeah. i guess like yeah. I just yeah just never needed to um <clears throat> but i was like okay i'll go see her yeah thankfully i did because that was the shift in my whole journey like she was the one who actually explained to me what pcos was and how that it is a it's a condition that is healable in the body like yeah. and that you can do things to support your body and that it is actually a lot to do with stress on the body that yeah. women you know we we are very go 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 yeah um and that when you say healable sorry mm-hmm. just for lame like for me cause yeah I'm, is that like you can work towards like completely not having it is you that- can reverse it so oh, really? it's something can you it's it's something so it's it's on a it's on a genetic level we are yep. predisposed to it genetically oh, okay. yeah but it's it's linked to epigenetics so basically you can have the gene and if you live a lifestyle that doesn't wow. trigger it, the gene just won't switch on. Okay. But if you live a lifestyle that will trigger yeah. the hormonal, like trigger the gene with the hormonal imbalances and you're predisposed, you will have it. So once you've got the gene, you've always got it. Okay. And it's not something it's, I think it's something in my opinion that it's like, I wouldn't, you can't say it's, it's curable. It's kind of, well, yeah. it's funny because they say cancer is curable, but some, a cancer patient can always get cancer well, yeah, again. It, yeah. So it's a bit the same in that like it's reversible and yeah. I fully reversed my, personally my own PCOS and I've helped many, many women regain their cycles naturally, not have PCOS symptoms, fall pregnant naturally because it is something that you can, it comes back to balance in the body of those hormones so it's just rebalancing and learning what your personal triggers are for those hormonal imbalances and what it's linked to in the way that you live your life yeah so it's reversible i think is a really good word for it and then it's maintainable to have a regular cycle and to conceive naturally and to live in a balanced way it's maintainable to do that so you can reverse it and maintain natural balance but your body the, the beautiful thing with our body is when we have symptoms instead of looking at the symptoms as 
like my body is failing me. I know I definitely went through that story yeah. of like, my, why is my body broken? Yeah. And I know many of the women that I've worked with and just have been in my PCOS community, they have felt like that, but it's actually, your body's just communicating with you. Hey, this is where I'm at. So even someone who doesn't have PCOS, your period every month is a great way to assess where your body is at. Yeah. So a natural cycle that's regular that's healthy there's some key points to look at so we want to look at how long your actual cycle length is so if your cycle length is roughly 27 ish to 32 days that's that's good that's regular um if you are going into your period and you're not you're feeling fairly calm you might get a little bit emotional but you're feeling fairly calm and then you have a little bit of like depleted energy as your period comes because your body naturally slows down kind of like we go into a winter basically as our period comes and we kind of go inward that's normal how we feel and then we want to look at the type of the blood itself so you can actually look at your blood and assess where your body is at yeah um a really healthy period will have just this nice bright red so it will be kind of like heavy-ish at the start enough to wear some kind of like whether it's a liner or sorry not a liner whether it's um a tampon or a pad or period under something you've got to change every couple of hours that's normal um if it's heavy is in like clotty purple um you're bleeding through like very regularly like that's a sign that your hormones are imbalanced like you want to look at your period and assess it in terms of the cycle length what the blood's like and how you're feeling like your body is, is constantly communicating with you so when it comes to PCOS if you've got symptoms popping up where you're feeling like really emotional or you're feeling um like you're gaining weight or your 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 period for your period has been regular and then next month it's not um instead of getting in your head about it and thinking oh my body's broken again or I have this condition and boxing yourself in and labeling it as it's yours it's actually no well what reflecting and going okay what has the past month three months been like like and then reassessing and readjusting so basically what that naturopath showed me was it was a first the first glimpse for me into how go 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 type a kind of person is the best way to categorize yeah. it for most people to relate to of that i was i was very much like um control everything i did so i made sure i ate right and i was like tracking macros and constantly exercising because i had this fear of like not doing enough and yeah. not being healthy enough and um also on like a mental level like i was a people pleaser and just constantly giving out all my energy to everybody else my energy was always going outwards yeah so naturally what was happening was that my body was in constant fight or flight and i think the majority of the population of women these days their bodies are in fight or flight yeah so it's essentially where if you think of um like yourself as running from a lion what your body perceives that as on the inside or you're told that (laughs) yes um what your body perceives that as is a threat the brain not your body your brain perceives that as a threat so naturally if you're running from a lion it's not going to go hey now's a good time to reproduce and have a baby yeah or hey now's a good time to eat and you know um burn off fuel it's actually going to go no let's shut those systems down let's put you into full adrenal mode where you're going to be running on adrenaline and cortisol and you're you're just going to have to function through this we're going to keep you alive like we're not going to keep you in thrive we're going to keep you in just let's keep you just keep you on the edge like so you don't die and essentially what happens is that your hormones are overtaken by cortisol and what cortisol does is puts us in that fight or flight um 
progesterone is made from cortisol. So if your body is prioritizing stress, it's not going to give you enough progesterone to ovulate or to have enough progesterone in your body so that when you do ovulate that you have um, enough in there to sustain and make a really nice cushy lining. So if you are trying to conceive that the embryo can implant, um, essentially you're not in a, a harmonious rest and digest calm state. So your body's unbalanced. Yeah. Um, so what I had to do and what I, what I, the mistake, I don't see it as a mistake now. I see it as a beautiful lesson that helped me to see where a lot of women were at and still are at is what I did was I went into the mode of research, like yeah. crazy researching on it. What do I need to change? I cleaned out everything in my cupboards, like even more so like toxins. Like I went so hard at it all. I was like, okay, I need to exercise. You know, I need to strength train because I, you know, I read all about that with PCOS. I need to strength train five times a week. And wow. I remember sharing my um, journey really authentically through my PCOS page at the time. And I remember this one morning I was like, sitting there and I was like I know I need to exercise and I just started crying I was like I don't have the energy and it was funny because it was my head telling me I need to exercise my body was telling me to slow the f down yeah to stop to know that it's actually okay and it's serving my body to slow down but because I was so caught up in my mind thinking I needed to do all the right things it was so hard but essentially what I was doing was by trying to heal my body ticking all the boxes I was actually creating the problem as well oh wow yeah because really I was good, causing like, so much yeah. stress in what I was trying to do. Yeah. The doing was more stressful. So yeah. even though I was doing all the right things, and I know that there are so many women, not even with PCOS, but just in general with their health, you're eating right, you're setting your alarm to go to the gym and thinking I've got to go this many times a week for it to be enough. Yeah. But it's actually not serving you. You come back and you're exhausted and then you're drinking two, three cups of coffee a day to make yeah. up for the lack of energy you have. Yeah. And you're not enjoying yourself with food where you can just be like, you know what? I'm going to have that extra bit of whatever, like yeah. brownie. And yeah. it's going to be okay. And it's coming not from a place of fear. It's just coming from a genuine like, that's okay to do that. Yeah. Um, constantly watching what you're eating, constantly criticizing yourself if you're not doing those right things. And I remember I got to this like breaking point where I was, it had been a couple of months and I was doing the doing, like I was ticking all the boxes, tracking my macros, making sure I was eating enough, making sure I was exercising. The mental load of it all was just breaking me because I I remember I was like, I've just eaten breakfast and I'm still hungry. Like what's wrong with, what's wrong with me? But actually what was happening was I was genuinely just hungry. Yeah. Like, and that's okay. Yeah. And I, but I, what I was lacking was the ability to be tapped into my intuition. Yeah. And to trust my body. There was a big disconnect between like myself and my own knowing of what my body needed and trusting it because it was so broken. Probably thinking about it now from being on the pill where it was like there was actually a disconnect between my ovaries and my brain to the point where I didn't even know what was going on in my body. Didn't trust or understand it. And then leaning externally on all these things I needed to do, not listening inwardly what it needed. And it Mm. still being this big disconnect, essentially getting to the point where something clicked in me and I don't even really recall what it was, but I was like, I don't know. I honestly, actually, no, I I do know what it was in trying to serve myself and other women that I was helping along the way with my journey, even if it was just at the time by purely sharing my own experience. I went through, I saw, I met with like a, um, she's kind of a psychologist. She was a coach as well, but I was working on um, the mental side of everything, really the mindset side of it. Yeah. And 
I was just, it was at that point that I realized how, how much I was just waking up every day with so much anxiety and so much fear. And it just all clicked in me that like, I was just functioning. I was buzzing like 24 seven. And like, I was, I could never relax. No rest. No rest. Um, And that's when, I don't know, something in me was like, well, maybe if I can just learn how to be. Yeah. Like to not be this doer. Yeah. And that started for me in 2020 when we went into lockdown. And I think a lot of us were triggered into like really (laughs) struggling to sit with ourselves. Yeah. Um, And I was very lucky to have support at that time. Like I actually like, you know, looked outward for support for that mental space. Um, And yeah, I, I switched my whole philosophy and my coaching from being about what they were, what my clients were eating and what they were doing into how they were being Yeah, with their mind. And like, can you go f- to a place where you can find calm in the chaos? Mm. And that's literally been my mantra with all of my clients up until this point is like, whatever is going on on the external and particularly as moms having toddlers that are go, go, go. Can you find calm in the chaos? Can you come back to your yeah. breath? Can you be can you get to that place or actually not can you you can get to that place <laughs> yeah of where you haven't eaten what your mind is telling you is perfect but you know on a deeper level that what your body actually needs and getting tapped back into your intuition and waking up each day and going what does my body need today what is actually going to serve me where i feel energized afterwards yeah we all know the endorphin kick we get when we go and do a really hard workout but that fizzles yeah and we can often end up feeling more flat so what I did in my own journey and then I've taught other women to do is tap back into that yeah. ability to go, okay, what does my body need? Yeah. What's actually going to serve me? And by doing that, it just gets you out of that stress state. So what I was able to do myself was regulate my cycle yeah. by learning how to be still definitely um, eating, you know, nourishing foods, but not eating it to fix my body, eating it to nourish myself, to feel good. Yeah. And acknowledge that sometimes I just need soul food that feels really tasty. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like chips, hot chips, and hot chips, definitely. <laughs> and that's okay. And, and sitting with the uncomfortable feelings that arise in me when, and the thoughts that come up around this, that when I'm eating wrong, you know, and recognizing yeah. those and actually being able to recognize that that's not my intuition, that's my thoughts and yeah. that's old beliefs and having to work through that. So, And it goes back to that old age, like the old, you know, thing of balance. Everything is about balance. For it's sure. Not like, and it's know, so, it's actually easy for us to all recognize, I think, that, you know, yeah. oh, it's okay to balance. But to actually go inward and learn, like, what's holding you back from doing that? What's holding you back from actually going and sitting on the beach and being still? Yeah. When you know you need that, you know, even as mums, sometimes we're like, oh, we know that we need to just lay on the couch, but we'll still lay there for 10 minutes and then go, oh crap, I've got to do all these things yeah, and we get up. Absolutely. And we then externalize it and go, it's all these other people's fault. Like it's like my family, like yeah. I have too much of a burden, but it's actually what's going on in our mind. Yeah. So essentially, yeah, what I did um, through 2020, 2021 was just really pull back and like have that foundation of nourishing foods and and making sure that I was eating a well-rounded, healthy yeah. diet. Well, not even, I don't like to use the word diet because it wasn't a diet. It's actually just eating to nourish my body and learning yeah. and learning how food makes me feel. So um, you had the knowledge, like by then you had the knowledge to, to oh, yeah. Yep, definitely had the knowledge um, about, but I had the knowledge about nutrition, but I had the knowledge about how it makes my body feel. Yeah. Because I think what we find in this space is that PCOS, it's like, oh, okay, here's this diet and you've got to follow, yeah, you've right. got to cut out all these foods like cut out dairy, cut out gluten, cut out sugar. Because on the surface level, that makes sense. Yeah. But if it's coming from that stress point, if you're feeling restricted, you're actually feeding the cycle of yeah. fight or flight in your body. Um, and can it differ slightly? Because obviously 100%. everybody's different. So like 
Yeah, there could be slightly different things, like in someone's diet, like um, food. Yep, you know, definitely, because and... on a physiological level, we are all different. Yeah, um, we're all different anyway. But on a physiological level, what our body needs is different. There's also other aspects to PCOS where the root causes of it yeah. aren't physiological and it has to do with your mindset and it has if there's a spiritual level of it as well and yeah. that all plays into it so it's actually addressing all aspects of ourselves so our dietary needs our movement needs our our mindset and spiritual needs that like we have to address them all to get to a place where our body can be balanced yeah and yeah so essentially it took me it was 12 months to have a regular cycle. So in saying that it wasn't like at 12 months, I got my first 30 day regular cycle. It was like, it got better and better. And I got signs every cycle that my cycle was improving. Yeah. Um, it definitely isn't something that you can heal overnight. It's going to take time, but learning to see the markers of improvement, give you that confidence to go, I'm on the right track. Absolutely. So I started to feel like my, I wasn't as erratic in my moods. I started to feel like I was satiated throughout the day and I wasn't having really strong sugar cravings throughout the day. I was yeah. feeling more balanced. I was feeling more calm. And then, yeah, my, my periods were just coming more regularly, more regularly to the point that, yeah, I got a regular cycle back when yeah. I was told that, that I actually was told in that appointment when I should go on birth control that I also probably would never conceive naturally. Really? Yep. Because if you look up the statistics, it's like, oh, women with PCOS, I can't remember the percentage don't fall pregnant but it's not because of the diagnosis it's because women aren't ovulating generally with PCOS but that can be resolved when you balance the hormones yeah so I focused on that first conceiving was something that wasn't a priority at the time I knew on a deeper level I wanted to have kids yeah but I tried not to focus on the problem I I focused first on the solution of like let's focus on ovulating like let's get the cycle regular and that's what I do with my clients anyone who comes to me who's like I want to have a baby yeah it's always about let's focus on ovulating and you first because yeah. what often happens is you get deflated because you're trying to conceive but are you even ovulating and that's if you're not ovulating of course you're not going to fall pregnant that's so- it. and that's the other thing about you say being in your head like yeah. i know like when i was falling pregnant and like mm-hmm. it does you get in your head about that too but then it's like the minute you kind of let go a little bit yep. and you try and balance it all out then you know hopefully yep um yeah you yeah you, you definitely can but i think what often happens too is sometimes that it's at that point that women are diagnosed actually don't know they have PCOS until they try to conceive. Wow. And that's probably so, why it is so high that like the hundred percent. And then you not- go to your doctor and you've been trying to conceive for X amount of months. And then you're told, Oh, you're not ovulating and you get no, no solution or resolution. Mm. And you're like, well, what am I supposed to do now? And yeah. it's really deflating and confronting for so many women. But the beautiful part is that you can conceive naturally and it is so possible. And I think that's something we can talk about next episode. Absolutely. I think that'll definitely fill a whole other episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I was just So we'll make this time. part one yep. um, and then we'll, we'll definitely discuss it next week because I'm so interested, you know, to yep. know your journey about conceiving naturally. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, you know, the women you've helped too and like, you know, your journey to becoming, you know, doing what you do today and things like yep. that. So we've definitely got lots more questions. Might even do some more research and hit you up. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. But I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that next week. Oh, definitely. Well, thank you for sharing today. It was really interesting. Oh, God, it's going to, you know, open up. A lot of you know things for other women too who are going through it and mm. you know google and you know going down that rabbit hole of doing what you were kind of doing and doing the research and yep. getting that knowledge um so thank you that's okay and we'll chat next week definitely okay bye, bye. bye.